Welcome to the Woman of Marvel podcast. This is Judy Stevens, associate producer, and I'm bringing to you today the audio recording from the Woman of Marvel panel at San Diego Comic-Con earlier in July. We're excited to finally be able to post this, and we hope you all enjoy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Woman of Marvel panel. I believe this might be our seventh or eighth year doing this. Um, this is my first time moderating, so please forgive me if I mess up. <laughs> um, obviously, Janine uh, Schaefer usually moderates, so we have a little message from her coming up. So we have a large panel of guests. Um, we're going to go through those really quickly. First up is Adri Cohen, who is our social media manager. We have Lorraine Singh, who is the writer and host of Marvel's The Watcher. Who also starred in uh, Marvel Method Cosplay, which is a video series live on Marvel.com right now, and we put her in a cosplay. So um, she wore the costume on Thursday. There's photos on Marvel.com, plus we, we bought, um, broadcast live on Marvel Live. Next up is Alexis Adore. Her fancy title is Manager of Physical Assets, but basically she manages all the props for Marvel Studios. And if you ever, if you go down to the booth and you see any of those props, it's all thanks to Alexis. Yeah, baby. We have Victoria Alonso, who is the EVP of Visual Effects and Post-Production. We're very excited to have her. Katie Cook, who is a writer-slash-artist. Um, she worked on the Animal Variant covers we had, and she's working on an upcoming story in Spider-Verse number one. Oh, oh here's some art. Ha-ha. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> and this is Rochelle Rosenberg. Rochelle Rosenberg is a colorist. She's exclusive for us, and she's worked on so many books. You definitely recognize her work. Um, Speaking of Astonishing X-Men, Nightcrawler, and Savage Wolverine. And here's some of her art. Woo! We have Erica Schultz, who is the writer of Revenge, The Secret Origin of Emily Thorne. Uh, the book goes on sale September 3rd, and with art by Vigento Belanzo and cover artist by Dugan Nugan. So pronounce that right. Destin, Destin Destin Destin. 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 Sorry. Wow, I really that. Sorry. Um, here is some gorgeous art. It's like, they sent this to me and I was like, that is stunning. Next up is Joanna Steph. <laughs> Did I just pronounce your name wrong? Because I was told not to pronounce it like that. They're terrible. <laughs> She's working on the 100th anniversary of Fantastic Four number one. Here's some of her art. Really beautiful. Marguerite Bennett, who is a co-writer of Angela uh, Asgard's Assassin. We're almost done, I promise. We have Axel Alonso, who is the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. I'm the associate producer for Marvel.com, I manage cosplay, and I am also a cosplayer. 
female editors at Marvel Comics could not be here, um, including Sanala and Janine Schaefer, so they sent us a little video. Let's see if I can get this to work. Hello, and welcome to the Women of Marvel panel. I'm Sana Manith, editor of uh, Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, Electro, Rocket Raccoon, and New Warriors. And I'm Janine Schaefer. I am the senior manager of talent relations and also the editor of She-Hulk. Um, usually Janina and I are, are at these Women of Marvel panels, so we were so bummed to miss it these, this year that we wanted to say hello, and thank you so much for attending it. Yeah, these panels have become what they are because of you guys. You are so inspirational to us, uh, we love you so much, and we want you to have a great time. You're in awesome hands with Judy and the rest of the lineup, and you've got some really cool announcements coming your way, so yes. thank you so much. Have a blast. And see you at New York Comic Con, where we will be at the Women of Marvel panel um, doing our very lame comedy and act. That's <laughs> Janine and Sana. We can't wait to see you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you. Bye. 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 I do have one more video, but I do want to say that we recently started a podcast that you can um, listen to on Marvel.com um, with co-hosts myself, Adri, Janine, and Sana, and we uh, do a monthly podcast with some special guests every once in a while, like usually bi-weekly, and we talk about comics and games and what people do at Marvel, and so um, we've, we've got a, definitely some cool things. The last podcast we just posted is we had Yaya Han as a guest to talk about Comic-Con, so... If you guys are really interested in sort of listening to us talk more, um, definitely swing by Marvel.com. Has anyone actually listened to the Women of Marvel podcast? Yes, we got it. We yeah! You are all our best friends. <laughs> okay, one last video from the amazing Kelly Sue. Hi, guys. My name is Kelly Sue DeConnick. I am the writer of Captain Marvel, and I am here to welcome you to the 2014 San Diego Comic-Con Women of Marvel panel. The Women of Marvel panel is always, never fails, always my favorite panel. And this one in particular is going to be awesome because it is San Diego. And I don't know if you know this, but San Diego is kind of a big deal. You have some spectacular panelists who are going to talk to you about some of the exciting things that are happening for um, women in the Marvel Universe in the next uh, few months, including, my understanding is, Axel Alonso, which is really spectacular. Um, but before I hand you over to Judy and Lorraine and Erica and the rest of the crew, I do want to take one moment and address specifically the women um, out there who would like one day to work in our industry. I have a special message for you, which is you can do it. You, this thing is absolutely within your reach. The only thing is making a living in any sort of creative endeavor requires a lot of hard work and you have to start now. There's no time to waste. So take a moment and make a friend, maybe somebody in this room, start collaborating, start making comics now. The first ones you make are not gonna be spectacular and that is okay, it is a process. It sucks, that's just how it works, there's no avoiding it. There's a lot of skills you need to develop and if you start today, this time next year, I could be reading your comics and I need that I personally need more women in the industry so do this for me okay I love you I miss you I'm bummed I'm missing it have fun bye guys okay so I'm gonna uh, talk about these amazing comics we have so these are our all new Marvel Now female titles 
Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, Elektra, X-Men, Miss Marvel, and Black Widow. Um, we want to mention that Miss Marvel number one is on its sixth printing. So it's all thanks to you guys. Um, keep on pre-ordering. Keep on reading. Um, Sana will thank you, obviously, if she was here. And we just added Storm. Storm number one just came out yes. this week. Wow, well, look, look at that. Good timing, Lorraine Singh. Oh, thanks, I spoiled it. <laughs> so this is Storm number one. Um, it just came out on Wednesday um, with creative team Greg Pack and Victor Bonzo. Okay. And then some more art. It's a really good issue. You guys should definitely go pick it up. If you're interested in Storm as a character and as a person, this really And then there's this. So obviously, this was big news last week. Um, uh, obviously, pre-order, 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 pre-order. Like, this is going to be epic. We're really excited. If you were at Whole H last night, you would have heard Chris Hemsworth say that he, this will be his Oscar. He's, <laughs> he is ready for the transformation. And uh, he is willing to work incredibly hard to make us girls proud. <laughs> and then we also announced this this weekend. Yeah. With uh, co-writers Karen Gellin and Marguerite Bennett. Yeah. And art's going to be by Bill, Bill Jimenez and Stephanie Hans. Now, Tom Hiddleston was not there last night, but I'm sure if he would have been there, he would have said that he would have played Angela just to be there with Chris. <laughs> he is a, he's a trickster. <laughs> and I'm going to turn this over to you, Axel. We also just announced yet another female uh, title, uh, Spider Woman. The team is Dennis Hopeless and Greg Land, and we're real excited to get another female lead character. I think what turn on 10 titles is this one? Yes, 10. So, it's really exciting. All of the stuff is great stuff. Keep on picking it up. And okay, there we go. That's the end of our slides. <laughs> um, so, basically, just talking a little bit about um, the Women of Marvel podcast. Here's our Tumblr, um, our Twitter, and our Instagram, all things Asian. Okay, so um, what I basically wanted to do is go through, down through the line um, to each woman, sort of do a brief intro of how they got working in Marvel, and um, uh, we used to always talk about how we got into comics, but now that we have more than just people in comics, um, I want uh, both uh, Alexis and Victoria to talk about how they sort of got started at Marvel or in their industry, so um, you're welcome to ask if you want to, or we could skip over to Lorraine. Um. I'm Lorraine Sink, and I host and write The Watcher every week, where we talk about Marvel news, and I host livecasts. Uh, and the way I got started doing this was just doing this. I sat in my living room making really geeky videos and writing songs about <coughs> nerds and wonderful uh, pop culture references and silly things. And uh, eventually somebody noticed it, and they were looking for a new host of The Watcher, and uh, they saw my videos, and I auditioned, and, and that was that. So... Uh, I love what Kelly Sue said because it's exactly that. I did it, and now I do it, and I do it for a living. It's the best. Well done. Good morning. 
Um, I executive produce all Marvel films, uh, so everything that all these beautiful, hardworking people print, we hopefully will go and make. Um, my start came from the commercial industry, then I went into the film industry, and I have been traveling for about eight years around the world, and then I didn't even know uh, that I didn't have light bulbs in my house that I had bought, so it was time to come home. And uh, my friend Lou Diaz-Posito was doing a movie at Sony, um, and he said, come, you know, with this guy that I know, I just did a movie with him, and I'm like, well, who is it? It's John Favreau, and I'm like, who? John Favreau, I'm like, the actor? <laughs> yeah, and what movie is it? It's about like, that superhero thing, and it's, a, it's called Iron Man. I'm like, what? Iron Man? I'm like, what? Iron Man? I only know Spider-Man. And he's like, and I'm like, where does it shoot? And he said, in LA, and I said, I'm in. <laughs> that was eight years ago, and we've been, we've, alongside with Kevin Feige, we've been partners ever since. I'm Adrienne Cowan, I'm the social media manager for Marvel, and I'm actually a new kid here. Um, but I really got into comics several years ago. I, I grew up with uh, loving all the cartoons and everything. Um, but I actually began working with some creators and doing some social media with them, did some marketing and PR, and eventually started loving comics so much that I got a job at Forbidden Planet in New York as a comic book girl. Just stocking shelves, selling, and I, I learned so much about the comic book industry, fell in love, um, and then um, kind of networked and worked it and tried to meet everyone that I knew that worked in the industry, and I started blogging, I blogged for Comics Alliance and um, some other awesome blogs, and just immersed myself into it, and uh, then years later, um, someone <laughs> named Ryan Pinago said, hey, you still looking for social media gig in uh, the comic industry? And I was like, yes. That's networking, people. Ne networking. Um, so yeah, and that's how this happened. I, I built up my knowledge and um, got familiar with it and, and tried to harness my skills and networking brought it all together. My name is Erica Schultz. I have been working in comics for about five years now. Uh, my first job that I did with Marvel was through a studio called Continuity Studios. It was the Astonishing X-Men motion comic series, Gifted. I was an animator on that. Um, and that's how I, really how I met Axel, because he would come in and chat with my boss and find out how well that we were doing with it. Uh, I started a creator-owned series, like Kelly said, to make comics, and that's what I did. So I did a creator-owned series for a while. and. Uh, went to cons, met to have tables, sold my book, met editors, networked, exactly what Anthony said, networked constantly, mm -hmm. and uh, I got a phone call from an editor saying, hey, we've got this book for uh, an ABC show event, do you want to write it? And I'm going to say no. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> let me check my schedule, yes, I don't know if I can put you in. Um, and it's been an amazing experience, and everybody up here, they busted their butt to get up here, so... You know, we're really glad that you guys are all here, and thank you very much for supporting it. Okay, um, my name is Joanna Eastup, and I would like to personally thank everyone here for enjoying that photo of me where you can see straight up my nostrils. <laughs> uh, 
on right, the right off of my Twitter. That's my Twitter. <laughs> but um, I'm an artist, and uh, I, I'm billed. I've noticed in like the the Marvel press releases as newcomer artist Joanna Eastep, and I'm like, but I've been an artist since 2004. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I, I've actually been around a while, but um, it's it's exciting to see this many people here. You know, come to see this woman in Marvel panel. And, uh, you know, me. Um, well, people are gonna like line up to come see me talk, really. But um, anyway, yeah, it's it's a lot of what these other ladies have said here today, and that is, um, you know, you start drawing comics and you start going to conventions, and it is so much networking. Like, I mean, knowing nobody, I would just take my panel art, my portfolio from just, you know, artists I admire to publishers I admire and just bullheadedly shove it at, in the direction of whatever editor would put up with me. So, um, and eventually I made friends with a lot of them. So, uh, I don't know that's how I got all the way up to Marvel. It was more like I'd done enough work that, um, actually Jen Van Meter, the writer on the Fantastic Four 100th Anniversary Special that I illustrated, was a fan of my work. She knew me, and I guess I was. She requested that I, I draw that. So, and, and yeah, it was like Erica said. I wasn't going to say no. <laughs> so, and I had a great time doing it. So, it's good for me. Um, hi, I'm Alexis Auditor. I am the manager of physical assets for the studio, actually. Um, as Judy said earlier, I'm the girl that's in charge of props, costumes, sets. It's, it's on, on one of our films. I most likely know where it is. Um, I got started in the film industry uh, actually by going to school for it. I went to undergrad and grad school for film producing and decided I wanted to work in the physical production side of things, which is in layman's terms, sort of the nuts and bolts of filmmaking and, you know, the nitty-gritty, you know, budget, scheduling, locations, crew, things like that. And I uh, started, as most people do in the film industry, as an assistant um, and sort of worked my way up uh, to Marvel, where I became uh, in charge of assets. And now I work on a daily basis with all of our casting crew to ensure that they have what they need to make movies. Obviously, here at Marvel, we make a lot of sequels, so we borrow a lot of stuff from previous films. So it's sort of a process of making sure each film has what they need from previous films and are doing what they need to do to make the newer items that you know you see on film today. For those of you in the back who cannot read my delightful name tag, my name is Katie Cook. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, uh, I started doing stuff with Marvel. I started doing trading card artwork uh, through licenses and stuff like that. And uh, then I did a really awful strip making fun of the Hulk as a webcomic for like three seconds that they wrote me an email and said, hey, you want to put one of those in the back of an issue? <laughs> it was like Hulk gets a temp job. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk and the Thing playing D&D &D and complaining that Spider-Man's more popular than they are. And then they all got cats. Because <laughs> they were lonely. They were lonely guys. <laughs> um, but they let me do one. Um, and uh, 
And I've also, you know, did little backup gags, and now I get to do uh, some covers, and I get to do a little upcoming Spider-Verse thing. I saw that blurb there, so I guess it's okay to say it. Um, otherwise, uh, I've been working in comics for years. Um, I've uh, been part of uh, doing stuff, bringing back Fraggle Rock for Arkea. I was really big into that. I uh, am the lead writer of a small title called My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. <laughs> <laughs> There is no presence of that show at all here, which is really disappointing. Really upset about it. Um, but no, and, it's, and I'm a writer of that, and normally I'm not a writer, which is one of the main things about this industry that you never know what's going to happen, because I've never wanted to do anything but be a cartoonist and write four-page gags, and now I get to write full issues about pastel horses. That's where my life has gone. <laughs> so, but it's awesome. Comics, yay! Hi, my name is Rochelle Rosenberg, and I'm an exclusive colors for Marvel Comics. I started in comics about six years ago, and you know what? I started from nothing. I Comics wasn't my thing when I was in college. I wanted to do oil painting and illustration, advertising, but I found that I really, really enjoyed the digital aspect of painting, and I, when I found out that there was an actual job where all you could do was color and paint artwork, I was like, yes, this is perfect. So I um, started meeting artists that I admired and just asking them for their artwork to practice with in color. And I slowly, you know, I, I did a, a pop fun story for Image Comics. That was the first thing I ever did that landed me a job with Image doing Jersey Gods. I did that for a year, and I slowly worked my way through different publishers and doing test pages. I did some. I sent them into some Marvel editors. I did conventions, and Marvel finally saw some of my work and started giving me work, and now... Not even six months later, I'm exclusive. So it's been quite the journey, and I love, have loved every moment of it. But it's a lot of hard work, but if you keep to it, I mean, you can do it too. Um, hi, my name is Marguerite Bennett, and before I give my answer, I just have to tell you I'm 26, terrified of losing my voice. So those are three reasons I should not be up here. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I started at DC. I've been working in comics for less than a year. Um, I uh, I wound up writing two novels and got into graduate school on the strength of that work and wound up taking a class with Scott Snyder, who um, told me that he thought I was ready to do this professionally, and we kept in touch over the course of the year, and um, he introduced me at DC, and I auditioned and started on the Batman Annual on July 31st of 2013. And then I wound up crossing the aisle uh, in June of this year, and I'm super intimidated because that's the big joke. I feel really important because she just said that. <laughs> so I really wanted each one of them to go through and sort of talk about how they got into comics or how they got into Marvel, how they got because what's really important is that there's. There's no exact way. Just like CB says, there's no one way to get into comics or any of these worlds. Every one of us started one way and somehow found ourselves into this amazing family, myself included. I've been here for eight years. 
Um, I started out as an intern um, in the Marvel offices working for .com when there were three people. And now it's a um, department that's about 60 or 70 people, and I produce video content. And I went from a web designer somewhere along the way to a video producer. So the world is open to you guys. Um, you know, we're, we're here to talk to you. All of us are on social medias and Sunset. All of the videos that you watch with Kelly Sue and Sana and Janine, they're all on social media. So if you guys want to work here, we've got jobs and everything. Um, you can be a lawyer. You can be HR. You can, you know, you can even be an intern if you're either in LA or New York City. So that's definitely like what, when I first started being on this panel, that's what was so important to me was because I was a part of a family and I wanted to share the family and how amazing everyone in this family is. So like... Like, I shared a room this weekend with, um, with Lorraine and Audrey and Audrey. I just said it. You're going to yell at me. Once a month calls me Audrey. Yes, that was my quota for July. <laughs> Adrian. quota. It's been hit. And, uh, and, and Nicole, who's the other photographer at the Marvel booth, so you ever see us running around taking photos. Um, she, uh, we, we shared a room, and it was fabulous. So um, these are, like, my family. So. so what's up next is questions. So this is really why we come here. You guys all have questions for us. I hope you have questions for us. Because then otherwise I'm going to have to continue talking. So there's a mic here. Come on up. I just want to say I have, there were uh, samples of the revenge book that were given out, I believe, on Friday or Thursday. And for the first five people who asked questions, I have a copy signed by myself and Dustin for the first five people. So. I'm sorry. I just have a two-fold question. Um, Firstly, as women, do you guys prefer to write about female uh, characters? And if you do, where do you, how do you guys avoid the whole stereotype of, hey, you know, the whole piece are into the whole big boobs and you know, female characters who are basically look like the dolls? And I read um, a feminist article very recently about how. There is a lot of misconception about what this about that is being, and especially if they're just put a male character. So I'm just wondering, are you guys, is that in the back of your minds when you guys write these stories? Um, the, the book that I did for Marvel, Revenge, uh, I was already given the character because uh, it's based on the television series, and she's already written as a very strong female character. And I think a lot of times there's a propensity for people to say, let's write this character like a male, let's just happen to make her female. And, and you can see that with a lot of different stuff. Uh, with my creator-owned stuff, uh, a book that I wrote called M3, I just wrote it as a woman that I thought was, you know, pretty kick-butt, and, uh, and, but still has a feminine side to her. There is a conscious decision that you have to make because I think that it sometimes comes down to, oh, is this going to be commercial? Is this not going to sell? And things like that. And you write a feminist article, so you know that there's backlash to that sometimes. Uh, but I think it's you write what you're strong at, and you write what you uh, want to write, and you know you kind of don't have to don't think about what everybody else is going to say. I mean, I don't. Really uh, I have a, a similar issue that I write a, a licensed book, so the characters are pretty established. Um, uh, one of the, the perks of uh, My Little Pony is that all of the main characters are female, and uh, the only male on the show only says one word, and it is yup. So he is essentially the perfect man. Um, uh, 
hashtag women of Marvel. <laughs> but you have to so, tag Katie in that. So wait, what's it, what's it called? The be- Bechamel test with the. Be- I was about to call it the Bechamel test, and that's a sauce. <laughs> totally different. We're thing. very hungry. Um, but no, it's I. I actually really love that as a factor of how does how does that rate? Because I actually think that's. Um, not Marvel. Marvel has got a lot of kick-ass yeah, totally female titles, like, but other... My yeah. favorite characters are always the ones who mm-hmm. are on their own, like mm-hmm. Electra, and as opposed to Wonder Woman, who still hasn't kind of gotten her mm-hmm. own identification right. yet, separate from you know, Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and my second question is, um, when filmmakers or TV uh, uh, producers come want to develop a show or film based on a storyline that you've written how involved are you guys like do you guys get consultation rights do you guys get to chime in are you guys there with the writing process or do they just take your comic book and do whatever are you looking to make a movie yes i am actually in (laughs) it depends on the project that's why i'm very curious to know because the comic book is not a set script so you're not the writer and you're not they're involved in all the rewrites. So I'm just wondering if you're taking something that you've already written, your underlying pod, uh, uh, materials that you're going to develop into a script. And I'm just curious to see how involved you guys, because authors, sometimes with books are adapted into screenplays, are very I can speak for the film side. Uh, we have um, conversations. We also have film writers that come in and define the script form it's a very different medium, and yet we have to stay true to what they've created. There's also a lot of um, a lot of people bring a character to life, one or two or three or five define it, but then through the years and through the decades, um, you have very different chunks of their lives, as there are decades of our lives. We're very different people in our teens as we are in our 20s and 30s, and I think comic book characters do that as well. But there's... Um, it's a collaboration. Sometimes it's less, and sometimes it's more. I would like to talk about women in film, though, if I could, because some of our greatest characters, although very few, and I would ask you all to ask for more female characters on films. I am. Uh, I am the only uh, filmmaker at Marvel uh, female. Uh, we do have a line producer, Patty Witcher, who I love and she's been on and off working with us. But I do need your help in trying to get more uh, female characters. Clearly, we have 10 um, characters. She was with us momentarily, and then she parted. That could have been good. Um, but uh, we were, we're going to try. But what I would say is that most of our actresses that we hire are incredibly smart, sexy, and incredibly good performers. I don't think anyone um, would think, when you look at Pepper Potts, or Scarlet Witch, or Black Widow, or Gamora, or Nebula, they have to be sexy, because our characters are sexy, but so are the boys. And that's the part where, if you, if you want to be fair, they take their shirts off, and we all go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the costumes that we build for them, is it, they have to be sexy for them, and yet it has to be for the character. There also has to be costumes that they can actually do a bunch of turns and get on wires and tumble and turn and get dirty. And So we take all of that in consideration. But 
um, at no point, I think in our films, we've been much more accused of not showing skin than showing it. writing strong women. Um, I always try and make it my principle to write from life, so I'm not, you know, regurgitating the stories of things that I've heard in the past. And so the women that I write, I also try to write from life. And I have never met a weak woman. The only women I've ever met have been strong. I've seen weak women in movies, I've seen weak women in books, but I've never met one. And so that's what I try and give y'all. Hi there, my name's Kevin. Uh, I have a seven-year-old sister, and she's uh, obsessed with Elsa and Merida. And Disney recently recognized, uh, well, they said they were going to do more recognition of Princess Leia. What about Captain Marvel and Miss America and Miss Marvel? And, for that matter, Marvel princesses like Black Panther and Thor? Um, <laughs> do, do you think we can get more uh, stuff aimed at the younger audiences, especially the younger girls. I'm always looking for something. I am for ready. Uh, I am ready. I need your help. Right. Maybe it's stuff like vlogs. Is that what you mean? Say again? Stuff like movies or something. Well, uh, movies, comics, cartoons, costumes that would be at the Disney store. Uh, something that I could pick. Like I said, something I could get for my seven-year-old sister that she could, you know, put on with her, you know, frozen stuff. <laughs> I, for one, would like to see more uh, kids' titles. You know, I have kids. Believe it or not, they let me have children. Um, uh, but I would like more comics than I can give them that are not My Little Pony, because I heard that comic is terrible. <laughs> um, but I volunteer. Here you go. Well, I know Joe Caramania does some great stuff with Avengers Assemble and Ultimate Spider-Man and things like that. And, and there are um, Marvel kids' titles. But, yeah, I mean, it's a great help us make money. Uh, and ask the people who make the merch, because in case, in case no one's aware, Marvel is all licensed. Like, the, the characters are licensed. So if the person making the product isn't making it, has a license to that character, then you're not going to see that. So um, ask the clothing company, the big brands. And we do have her universe now. If you didn't see it on the floor, they have tons of stuff yeah, just yeah. for women. Cut like women's clothes, yeah. which is really awesome. And I know that they're making more stuff all the time. And they actually want to hear what you guys want, so tweet at them mm -hmm. and tell them what you want because they're making it. Yeah, yeah and a current universe. We actually just um, launched an Instagram account called Styled by Marvel, and it's focused on stuff for women to wear that is Marvel branded. And I think, so, yeah, what's important for you to tell them is because you guys wear these costumes for a few days in a row. Tell them what is good for heat. <laughs> so that you don't it freeze for days in a row. They don't know that. They don't wear it. They just make it. Also, machine washable. 
Is there going to be a Black Widow? Uh, you mentioned the comic line, but is there going to be a Black Widow movie or more focus on her in the future? Scarlett Johansson is a little busy having a baby at the moment. <laughs> um, we love her. We love her character. And the future will tell us. We'll see. To, I, I don't know if you guys... Uh, something really important happened for women this weekend in the film industry. The movie Lucy opened. We continue to say that we don't make movies with women helmers because they don't open. This, this, what, this movie has opened and it opened $20 million more than Hercules. If we continue to do that, you will have a Captain Marvel and you will have a Black Widow and you you know what I mean? That's the kind of support that we need from people. I know you were here, you were busy, you probably didn't go see that movie, but um, Thank you. Hi. Uh, my question is you said there's lots of uh, jobs for women in Marvel, but why is it so hard to get a job above the line on the creative team? Only eleven percent that are written by women, and you are releasing all these new amazing books, and they're all written by men. And so I'm just curious. It's not too bad at all. It's no secret that comics, because we know the most of them, the fine guy, guys who are involved in the each other. I know because that's how I just know it. <laughs> but the long short of it is that things are changing. It's not the lack of effort. With the only Marvel now comics, two of those titles um, were, were offered to female writers. One of them turned down because of time commitments, but definitely wants to write it. Another who submitted a pitch that we were able to roll with and had to turn around and stop the competition and put them in It's a very the big skill set that goes into writing comics in the world of universe. It's predicting a lot of things. One of them is talent, and another one is an immersion in that culture, in that continuity of history. And so I think that we may have lost a generation or two of female readers who found this way to be accessible. I look around now, between role models and some of the panel and elsewhere, and products um, offered by Marvel and by the publishers, there's so many more major points into our world of comics and into the modern universe in the world of animation, movies, TV shows, and the new show, show publishers, and so many things. So I think we can... Peggy, Carter? Yeah, sorry. I really <laughs> bad at names. <laughs> um, long short of it is that what you've got is, I think you're, you're, you're looking at some kind of a cultural change going on. And I expect we'll see more and more from that. Um, I, I do also want to say that Janine Schaefer has a new job title. Which is really, really cool. What is her official title? Well, I don't know what her official title is, but she functions at, I'm really bad with names and titles, <laughs> but she, uh, she is, uh, she's our talent liaison and a new talent uh, development. So she has her eye on identifying new writers and artists that we need to be looking at. And I could tell you, play with her to find, you know, representation. This is a affirmative action, this is about you want art. This question might seem more for Axel, but everyone is more than welcome to chime in. Um, one of my all-time favorite characters since I started reading comics for the last 
25 plus years was Jubilee. And I kind of felt for the past, there was a period in the last 10 or so years that she was being misused or just ignored completely. It wasn't until recently when Brian started writing X-Men that she kind of brought her a little bit back into prominence with her becoming an adopted mother. And I was, it kind of had me thinking, oh, what are some of the, some of the, uh, some of the things you try to do when you look at a character, look at characters who haven't been as under the spotlight as before, like Jubilee and other, other female characters, and how, and how you go about trying to think of ways to get them back in the field and get more readers to really see them and to really you know, recognize their uh, potential and their strength. Not all characters are equal from each main basis and have no base. So it's up to you to figure out a way to leverage every bit of Also, if you find a character that has sort of this unmined uh, little cache of, of, of specialness, or, you know, like the cast of certain makeups, sort of working off of that and building, okay, well, this character happens, has the ability to do this, but nobody really uses her properly. Let's find a, find a storyline where they need, they're in a dilemma where they need this specific skill set, and she's the one who's got it, so she gets to rise to the top, she gets to be the star, and bring that out. And then this way, you are able to sort of show the world that, in your case, you say Jubilee. Jubilee is the one who's really, you know, Thank you. Um, so with the new Thor announcement, obviously the last few people have been discussing a lot the choice to call that comic Thor. And actually for me, what I'd like to ask you is about um, the comics with a female indicator in the title, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk. What is the significance of that to you? Do you want to keep those indicators in the titles, or is the goal to get to the point where you don't have to do that, or you know, what can be the positive impacts of that, or are there things about how those are received or how they're marketed that you'd like to change? Um, That's a hard one. I don't know. I mean, I can only speak from uh, I don't write the comics, I just they give me the package, we don't make it. Um, but it's all you do. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it almost feels like um, sometimes if you do have a She-Hulk, um, it will be quite difficult considering that you know uh, Hulk is all digital to to follow to follow up on what a She-Hulk would be in a film, and yet you want to make sure that you have uh, representation. And that you have the following. So I'm, I'm, I, I have to say that I'm half in and half out with the she in front of any character name. She's Thor. The guy who wants Thor is not Thor anymore. It can only be one Thor and one character in front of him. So there's a very compelling story reason why she's Thor and she's never ever understood. But again, that's really story. I, I, I see what's going on behind the scenes a lot, just seeing authors and hearing about the stories um, and seeing everything you tweet about. Mm -hmm. I read all your tweets, by the way. I know. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but no, really, it's it's these are, these are characters that have been created a long time, so they they have that brand already, and that's something familiar. And I think having that indicator right now is important to kind of even draw in new readers and appeal to the ones who started from the beginning, and so that they can they can recognize. It. And now we're seeing titles without those indicators, and it's going to be really interesting. I think we're going to have to obviously. I would just like to add that um, the the lack of the female indicator when it started happening, like, initially it was just Captain Marvel when it happened. I was like, that made me really happy. Like I I'm, I'm really bad at articulating sometimes why I feel that way, but I was just sort of like, oh, they are focusing on the fact that she is a captain. I mean, like. Put your hands up if you feel the same way. Like, did anybody else go through that? Like, when they, they learned the Captain Marvel thing. So, um, I'm not really familiar with the new Thor, but I look forward to being familiar with the new Thor. Yeah, just the, the lack of indicator really did make me feel good, just in general, about the things. Yeah, I'm um, so this is a little bit of a wonky question, um, but just to. Just to get a little more of an elaboration, because I know that um, Mr. Walter talked about you know, sort of losing a generation of, of female creators to culture. Is that Mr. Alonso or Miss Alonso? <laughs> <laughs> That's kidding. I don't want to make assumptions about people's identification. Um, <laughs> um, but obviously, we love this. Um, you know, we love the characters of Marvel, um, but Marvel's been something of a rarity in terms of, you know, statistically, all the others of the Big Five have grown in terms of above the line for me, you know, uh, creatives, and Marvel's the only company that's actually dropped. Um, and it seems like part of that is related to doubling down on your more established artists. But what can you talk about in terms of looking to the next generation. I mean, I know you mentioned that there are a generation of women who maybe not be as active as in creative comics, but IDW seems to find them and Boom seems to find them, and, and now DC is even finding them and the Image is finding them. And so, where, what can we do as fans to help guide Marvel towards these new voices if, if you can't find them on your own? They just they sell. People like it. They don't need to like them. They like them. They don't fight. You really have to fight hard to get a big fight where you can prove things. You know, it's it's a challenge. But you know, we, we kind of consider you know, we kind of you guys support you guys coming on the mass. Honestly, it's people showing up just for Captain Marvel to try to come from that really gave. Captain Marvel is second movie because of the villain in the intention in the of Captain Marvel. So, um, you know, that's your previous one about us like I'm not sure I agree with that. I don't know if it's statistics or have any other. We're sort of the biggies to play a certain game. It's time to see the world comics. We have an ancient inheritance that drives us. We run a business a certain way. Yeah, yeah. There's a challenge in here in launching small titles. It's as hard to launch a Black Panther as a Black Widow. 
Um, so the characters have, you know, you got a fan base of love them, and you get it out there, no matter how good it is, you find it hard to sell. This is the, this is change physically, and you've got much more problems. But I, I would do want to say something, you guys, if we go and we, I don't want to leave without saying this. We take you seriously. You don't understand the power that you people, the 200,000 people that show up at Comic-Con, have over what we do, left and right, day in and day out. If you are feeling that nobody hears you, that you're invisible, that you don't matter, that we don't care, you are wrong. We, I, I'm getting chills telling you this. I work 20 hours a day to make sure that the imagery and the stories that we bring to you is the best that we can give you. And every time that at the con there's something of importance, like Axel was saying, if we do see more Captain Marvels, or we do see more Black Widows, and we do see more Gamoras, and we do see more of whatever we see, we are not blind to your news. We listen, we read, as she was saying, that she reads every tweet, she's not kidding. You matter to us. If the world doesn't care about you, out there in the world, the women here and the man behind us care about what you want, what you love, and what you represent. So please, as you leave the con this year, take that to heart, because we take you to heart. Also, real quick, I just wanted to say, Real quick, when it comes to female characters and such, I think the responsibility is threefold. I think the responsibility is on the fans to demand more fe strong female characters, more strong female creators. I think the responsibility is of female creators to get your stuff out there, to submit to... I mean, it's not easy, like Kelly Sue said, and I can say for sure, and I know everybody here can say, it's not easy, but you do it, you hustle, you get it done. And I also think it's also the responsibility, like Axel was saying, of the publishers to challenge the fans, to challenge everyone to say, we want you to want more female characters, more female creators and stuff. So it's it's a whole big thing, but your voice, like Victoria said, your voice is huge. So shout as loud and as possible, and if you lose your voice, shout, shout harder. When you lose your voice, just sign it. <laughs> you gotta think of every road. Don't stop. Well, I think that that is the best way to end this panel. You guys come back again and again every year. We will be um, back at New York Comic Con in October. Um, and check us out at the Women of Marvel podcast. Thanks for coming out again, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you all enjoy our panel audio recording. The Women of Marvel panel will be returning to New York Comic Con. So as it gets closer, we'll have more information for you. See you guys next time. This is Marvel your universe.